0: This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 231, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, December the 24th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast, this is episode 231, I'm your host Adam Chapman, this is our reviews episode for the week of Wednesday December the 24th, and I guess it'll be our last reviews episode that we'll be posting in 2014, Uh, so we're going to run through some comics in just a moment. Um, So this past week, um, an absolute massive glut of comics are released, Uh, on Marvel's side at least, they don't really have anything coming out on the 31st, um, whereas DC uh actually sorry i i dc has 3 releases coming out on the 31st of december marvel has 2 releases and so they just kind of shoved everything into uh december the 24th which to be honest i would have thought they would have done the other way around i think that would have made a little bit more sense because I, I feel like more people are more likely to pick up comics on the 24th sorry the uh, 31st of december as opposed to christmas eve but that's just me um so there's a lot of comics that came out um I'm recording this, I guess, on the Saturday, so it's the 27th, so um, it's been kind of a busy few days with Christmas and Boxing Day here in Canada, which I guess is an unknown quantity in the States, but uh, the Boxing Day is kind of like our Black Friday. It's a big shopping day, um, so a lot of, you know, getting together with family and friends, which means not a lot of time to read comics, but I was able to squeeze in reading 10 different comics that I could talk about for the podcast. Um, Now, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of time to actually do the episode, but we're still going to be able to kind of run through these in a relatively quick fashion Uh, first up is All New X-Men Annual Number 1 which is continued from the Uncanny X-Men Annual Uh, finally the annuals at least for the X-Men books feel like they matter uh, because Bendis is actually writing them and we're finally uh, finding out what happened to Eva Bell when she disappeared uh, in recent comics uh, just during a practice session that came back older they're finally addressing that it's written by Bendis artwork by Andrea Sorrentino uh, with uh, colors by Marcello Maiolo um I liked I actually liked the artwork quite a lot. At times it was not sketchy, but the details weren't that like There was kind of a a lack of detail at sometimes, but I thought it actually really worked. Um, The script I thought was very strong. Uh, Eva, I think it's a little... Not as strong as the Uncanny X-Men, just because I think that was a little bit more interesting with her meeting up with magic, uh, learning how to kind of control her powers so that she can go back, but also not wanting to do that at all because she ends up having a family and then being ripped away from that family. It was extremely heartbreaking. This was still a good issue, a good way to kind of end the story. Uh, I don't think it was as strong as the first installment, but I think it was still an entertaining issue at, the, at any rate. So I will give it an 8 out of 10. Again, I think it uh, it felt like it mattered. I uh, felt like it was important. Um, even though we've already kind of seen the character since then, now we understand what she really went through, which I thought was really gripping. Uh, next up is Aquaman 37, which I enjoyed. Um, it's, again, by Jeff Parker. Artwork by Paul Pelletier. Um, this is Maelstrom Part 3. I'm just kind of digging the whole idea here that I mean, it kind of feels like a Aquaman world tour, like he's just kind of going from place to place, finding out more about, you know, his family, what may, have, may or may not have happened to his mother, uh, finding out more about what happened to his mother when she went through this portal, and ended up meeting up with Grodd, uh, very interesting, excited to see where it goes from here, the artwork's fantastic, the story moves along at a really good pace, um, you know, I'm sure 10 years ago, if I if I had told my previous self, you're going to love Aquaman, it's going to be one of the best comics we are being, that's being written, I would have said, nah, I don't think so. Now, at the time, it was involving Sub Diego, and it was about to be that weird, curbside kind of um, new version of Aquaman that was kind of a more of a fantasy comic, so I would have been even more incredulous, but the fact is that this book, since um, it was started by Jeff Johns, and now that Jeff Parker has taken over, has remained a really entertaining book. Uh, month in, month out, I look forward to it. Um, when I buy it in collected editions, I can't wait to give it to you know my brother-in-law Paul, who's been on the show previously, because uh, he's liked Aquaman as well, and he's also kind of someone who never would have thought that Aquaman would be that entertaining a character. But it's actually been a really solid book for a while now, uh, for the last few year, like three years. So it's been it's been interesting that it's been so consistent and entertaining. Uh, speaking of something consistency and entertaining, uh, let's talk about the opposite of that. Um, let's talk about Avengers and X Men Axis Number Nine. Uh, it's called New World Disorder. That's Book Three of this kind of uh, mini series, and that's definitely true. There's definitely a lot of disorder here. Uh, it's just a fucking mess. Um, I I just don't get it. I, I don't understand. I actually read a line that someone made a kind of a snarky comment, and I actually thought it was more kind of on point than you would expect is that maybe the reason why we got you know, this nine-issue series over the course of three months is that by the time it, people could get a sense of what the event actually was and were reading the first issues, it was too late to cancel their orders for the rest of the series, which is kind of a really like... I mean, if you look at Original Sin was coming out, what, twice a month, I think? And then this one came out three times a month. That's a, it's very excessive, but maybe that's because that's why you, know, you, you can't decide to stop reading it. I mean, if you're a story, you're kind of stuck. Uh, it's written by Recommender. Artwork is all over the place by Jim Chung with Terry Dodson, Lionel Francis, you, and Adam Kubert. Great uh, artists. It just this ended up being kind of a mess. There's both so much going on here and not, uh, not enough going on at the same time. Um, there's a lot of stuff with Sabretooth, which it felt weird to kind of have him suddenly feel like the more pivotal character. Um, basically, the basic idea here is that, you know, well, you got some cool moments like Loki and Thor going up against each other with Loki being able to wield a hammer, which is kind of cool. Um, uh, having you know the Red Skull and um, and uh, Iron Man kind of going up against each other, um, having Apocalypse kind of turn on what he was doing himself. It, I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff here, but it's just it's just kind of a, a big mess at times, as opposed to being a really kind of clear story. Um, it just feels like there's a lot of pieces that they just kind of try and throw in. Um, Havoc is kind of destroyed as a character, and I don't know what the point of that was. Um, the way that they kind of try to explain that oh wait the you know everyone else in the world won't think that the Avengers are giant assholes because of what happens here and it's all understand understood felt really hamfisted, Uh Sabretooth kind of being not everyone going back to normal and you know Tony still being kind of a dick, uh, Havoc being kind of messed up and so now that he's evil or more villainous or more messed up now he's been able to be friends and hugging with Cyclops like I just don't I don't get it. Um, Sabretooth kind of decided to kind of be a hero now and he's going to be an Avenger. Like, I just don't get this. Uh, I don't know what the point of this was. I just feel like it was so confusing and, and just, it didn't even feel like a good story. I'm going to give it, um, uh, the artwork isn't bad. There's just just so many artists. I'm going to give it a four out of 10 and I'm being nice. Um, uh, yeah, it just was very disappointing. Uh, Batman Eternal 38. Um... Uh didn't really like the cover but uh the interior is much better. Uh Tim Seeley wrote the script uh, from a story by J- Scott Snyder and Tim Stinian the 4th. Ray Fox and cal Higgins are consulting writers with Andrea Moody on art. Uh, I did like the the artwork although at times I felt that the details could have been a little bit more defined especially in like in the musculature of these characters. Um it definitely feels like a a bit of a turning point. Um but uh, it felt like a little bit less important than previous chapters. And it's, it still had a lot going on, but I think it was a little less riveting. Um, previous chapters, I think, have been a little bit more exciting as opposed to what was really going on. Uh, I'm going to give it a 5.5, eh, maybe a 6 out of 10. It wasn't bad. It was just, it was just another chapter. Uh, next up is one of the best books of the week, Daredevil number eleven, uh, by Mark Wade and Chris Somney. I'm going to give this a nine out of ten. It's immensely entertaining. Uh, the script by uh, Mark Wade remains just terrifically on point. Understanding how Matt Murdock's character, Chris Somney's artwork is just uh, gorgeous. I really like the, um, the idea of this stuntmaster, this new stuntmaster character, and how the old stuntmaster feels about it. And um, the kind of revelation at the end as to what's really going on uh the fact that the stuntmaster is trying to kind of go daredevil by using the uh man without fear tagline uh, extremely entertaining uh well put together it just snaps crackles and pops um this this issue this series is, is a breakfast cereal uh, it's immense as i said immensely entertaining and um every every issue is just to joy and that's what you want from your comic. I mean, you're paying, what, four bucks a month. You want to get a good, solid story with fantastic artwork and storytelling that really makes you go, huh, that was really entertaining. And that's what I feel like that's what this is every month. Um, next up is uh, De- uh, sorry, Death of Wolverine, The Logan Legacy, number seven. I'm of many minds about this. It's uh, written by uh, Charles Sewell and uh, Peter Wynn on art. Um, I actually really like the art by Peter Wynn. I don't really know his art style, but it's extremely good. We finally come back to what started in issue one, which I thought was a terrible, stupid way of starting any story. Then the last five issues have been pretty great. Uh, some of them much better than others. The Mystique one was brilliant. Um, all these characters kind of reacting to the death of Wolverine, which is really cool. And now here, it feels like finally I we kind of see where they were trying to go with it in the first issue, but just fucked up completely here's a lot more interesting especially if you've been reading the uh death of wolverine weapon x project or whatever that series is called um are seeing those characters i don't know at what point in that that timeline we're seeing these characters but it's interesting to see how they're kind of confronting all these um characters that are related to wolverine although i don't know what the hell happens to to elixir here it's really messed up you have this character kind of show up out of nowhere and start like grabbing people and trying to absorb their abilities and I guess, taking away Dakin's healing factor, which is actually a really cool concept. Um, It's leading into the Wolverine's um, weekly series, which I'm not sure about, but otherwise, I actually was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed this issue, considering how much of a mess the first issue was. It actually felt like I had a, a good reason for being, even though it really is just setting up a weekly series. It gives you a reason to kind of want to read more, to find out what really happens with all these characters next. Um... And I wasn't expecting to, to care. And I came away from this issue being like, okay, well, that was actually a lot better than I think it had any right to be. And it was much much more interesting. Uh, next up is Deathstroke, number three. Um, I like this, and I'm not really sure why. Um, it feels like every issue, I'm just kind of like, that was fun. I don't... The artwork is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Tony Daniels just knocking it out of the park. The scripting could be a little stronger, but even then, it's not bad. Um... You know, I still don't know why we have this young Deathstroke, and there's not real reason for it, but we have some a- excellent action here, a great interaction with a character who may or may not be a Deathstroke's dad. Um, we have this... I don't know if we've seen Bronze Tiger yet in the uh, New 52, but kind of a, a very kind of... Um, he almost feels very 90s in terms of... He's got like, I don't know, like, um, like almost like teeth or fangs around his neck. And he's got these giant talons on his... On his extending from his uh his fists and then it looks like he's got like more kind of jagged edges all over him but it's kind of a cool design and i like to see their fight their brief fight together as well um the last page that's a very young and innocent looking version of harley quinn and if it wasn't for the fact that and i am guessing, yeah it is harley quinn but it's just kind of a weird version because she doesn't really look like harley quinn um but uh anyways it's really really entertaining. Um, I never thought that I'd be this interested in a Deathstroke ongoing. Uh, the artwork is just fantastic. I mean, Tony Daniel is just killing it. Um, again, the script isn't as strong as the art, but the but the artwork itself is just amazing. Um, I'm going to give it a 7. Again, the story is not the greatest. It's okay. It keeps going. But uh, really, the main star here is the artwork. Uh, next up is Flash, number th- what, 37, uh, which remains just ho-hum. Um Barry Allen's still stuck in the Speed Force and I feel like that's going to go on for a while and I'm not that invested uh, and then having the kind of Dark Barry dealing with the current continuity is kind of intriguing but I feel like it, I just, I'm just i not that interested and I feel like I'd be more interested if it was more of a focus just on, on the Dark Barry and we didn't have any focus on regular Barry and we really did wonder where he went because his story is so boring and so generic and um, and the artwork remains uninteresting by Brett Booth. I'm just not a big fan. Um, I mean, it's not as yeah. It's just Robert Venditti, Van Jensen were the writers. Brett Booth did the pencils. Uh, I'm just not a big fan of the way he makes characters look. Their, their elongated faces. Um, you know, just not my artistic cup of tea. I'm gonna give it a five and a half. Um, it's not bad. It's just. I find it uninteresting. I find it a little bit... Uh, it leaves me nonplussed or indifferent. Uh, next up is New Avengers 28, which we're, feels like we're getting closer and closer to something, uh, as we're five months out still until time runs out. Um, so this is picking up right off, I think, from the, the last issue of Avengers. It's You Can't Win, Part 2 by Jonathan Hickman and artwork by Mike Diodata and Mike Perkins. Uh, we have Sunspot kind of coming into the fray... Um, we have uh, Steve Rogers using the alternate version of the Hulk from that Avengers storyline that I kind of wondered if there was a point to it after Infinity. They keep going back to it and actually making it matter. Uh, we have the army of Shang-Chi's. Um, we have um, the, uh, the mighty Avengers kind of jumping in as a, another effort. Um, it's really interesting to kind of see everyone kind of coming into play, uh, leading into something bigger. Uh, the fact that Steve Rogers has been outmaneuvered uh, because he didn't realize that, uh, that uh, Invisible Woman was actually working against him. Um, the artwork's fantastic, especially that page where you have uh, the Hulk standing there and then the alternate Hulk smashes into the ground and you send uh, Captain Britain flying as well as um, uh, Black Panther. It's just a really cool spot, and then seeing the two Hulks go at it, very cool. Uh, I'm going to give it an um, eight and a half. I think it's a very solid, entertaining comic. And we're just getting, like, it just feels like all the pieces of the puzzle that we've been slowly, have, had them assembled for us over the last few months are starting to come together in, in a big way. Um, so that's an eight and a half out of ten. And the last comic this uh, week is Robin Rises Alpha number 1. Uh, this was a bit of a mess, uh, it's written by Peter J. Tomasi, artwork by Andy Kubert, and some of it was good. It just I felt like after last issue I almost didn't need this. I didn't need this one last thing. First of all, the first what five what ten sorry is it ten pages that are basically just a recap from the last issue, which I thought was a little unnecessary. Like we already know what happens, so one fourth of this comic is a recap. And then, it looks like Batman's so out of it, but he gets up almost immediately, so it really feels disingenuous. Then you have Kalabak showing up and kind of tearing up the, uh, the cave. And again, that felt uninteresting too. And Damien suddenly having all these powers, uh, using the, the penny to fight Kalabak, and then shoving Kalabak back through the, the portal. There are some emotional beats here. Um, I think the script is alright. Uh, I just think, in general, the whole idea to give Damien superpowers seems strange. And on the last page, is he flying? I mean, it certainly looks like he's flying and that he's not actually holding on to anything. He's flying through Gotham as his dad swings behind him. At least that's the way it looks. Um, maybe this will go in a really cool direction, having Robin with powers. Otherwise, I just don't really get it. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad if he wants to write uh, Damien, he's brought him back. Because Tavasi did some of the best work with Damien. Um, I'm just really curious if this really needed to happen. Um, I'm going to give it a six and a half. The artwork by Andy Kubert was not up to snuff, personally. Uh, he's better than this. Uh, now, the comics I didn't get a chance to talk about. Now, you might have to settle in for a few minutes because there's so many comics for me to mention. Uh, Arkham Manor number three, Batman sixty six eighteen, Batman Annual number three, Bodies number six, Catwoman Annual number two, Dead Boy Detectives number twelve, Earth two Worlds End number twelve, Gotham by Midnight number two, Grayson Annual number one. Why didn't they just push all the annuals to New Year's Eve? It's so weird. Um, Grayson Annual number one, Green Lantern Annual number three, which I think is the end of Godhead, which so I have not had a chance to read the three chapters of Godhead that came out this week. What the hell? Why three chapters in one week? Why not pace themselves a little bit better? Uh, Harley Quinn 13, He-Man, The Eternity War, number one, Infinity Man, and The Forever People, number six. Uh, I think that's actually supposed to be a tie into Godhead as well, but that's what Diamond says. I haven't actually read it. Uh, or previews whatever you want to call it uh, Injustice Gods Among Us year 3 number 6 Justice League Dark 37 New 52 Features End 34 uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws Annual number 2 Red Lanterns 37 which is another Godhead chapter Secret Origins number 8 Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman number 5 Sinestro number 8 which is another Godhead chapter Godhead sorry not Godhood Star Spangled War Stories featuring G.I. Zombie number 5 Superman 37 Superman Wonder Woman 14 oh did I read that? No, I haven't read that. Yet. I can't wait to read that. Uh, All New Invaders 13, All New X-Factor 18, Captain America and the Mighty Avengers number 3, Cyclops number 8, Dark Tower, Drawing of 3, Prisoner number 5, Deadpool number 39, Hawkeye versus Deadpool number 3, Loki, Agent of Asgard number 9, Magneto 13, Marvel Universe, Ultimate Spider-Man, Web Warriors number 2, Marvel's Avengers number 1, Nova number 25, Secret Avengers 11, She-Hulk number 11, Superior Iron Man number 3, and Uncanny X-Men 29. Whew! That is a lot of comics. Looking forward to next week, uh, coming out on Wednesday the 31st. Uh, there is only a few comics. Uh, from DC, there is, uh, let's see, Batman Eternal 39, Earth 2 Worlds N13, and New 52 Futures N35, so all three weeklies. From IDW, there's Star Trek Planet of the Apes, number one. From Image, there's East of West, number 16, with, um, I think, eight covers. So I don't really know what's up with that. That's strange. Uh, as well as Image first, which is number one, so I guess it's a second look at that. And then from Marvel, we've got Shield number one. I believe that's the Mark Wade uh, launching series, which I'm excited about. As well as uh, all new Miracle Man Annual number one. So that is uh, everything coming out this coming week. Uh, thank you for joining me for uh, the last reviews episode of 2014. I hope you will join us for the reviews episodes in 2015 as well. Uh, the next episode. I hope will be coming out either the thirty-first or first. Not really sure what it's gonna be yet, it really depends on scheduling. It might be a look back at the year with Paul Scores, it might just be myself blathering on about something. I might talk about some of my favorite comics of the year. Really unsure what it's gonna be yet, um, so I've got uh, four days to get that recorded and posted for everyone. So we'll see if I can get, I can hit the deadline. Uh, but thank you for listening to this episode, and thank you for supporting the podcast throughout the year. Um, it is definitely something; it's a labor of love, something I really enjoy doing. Um, and I enjoy that I've been able to, you know, meet a few people through the podcast uh, that we've communicated. with A.J. Reese, Matt Miller are the two of them. Um, they're fans of the show that have been able to kind of, um, well, in A.J.'s case, actually be part of the show, which I've really enjoyed. And uh, just enjoy talking with people about comics. And uh, I really appreciate, you know, reaching out to me and talking about the show, things I can do better on the show, and uh, taking an active part in making this more of a community show, whatever you want to listen to or whatever you want to hear, I want to do that. I want to make sure that I'm doing what my audience wants to hear. So thank you so much for spending the year with me. And uh, I hope 2015 will be another great one. Uh, We've had two full years of the podcast so far. Uh, We started in August, 2012. So we've already done two full years. Um, Now, I guess, two years, four months. So it's uh, amazing to me that this has started off as something that, I've been talking about for years doing with uh, Nathan Strzok. And then I was like, you know what, let's let's stop talking about it. Let's just do it. And uh, I'm really glad that I did that two years ago. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, And so thank you very much. From the bottom of my heart and from everyone at Comic Shenanigans, thank you for uh, for listening. And uh, please... uh, continue to follow us for 2015 we hope we'll have even better content next year uh you can reach us at comic shenanigans at gmail.com like us on facebook rate or review us on itunes as well subscribe to us on itunes as well uh post our Hroms thread and uh yeah get involved um you know feel free to communicate with me about what you like about the show and i want to be able to deliver uh so thanks again and we'll catch you next time uh for the next episode will be well, hopefully it'll be the last episode that comes up in, uh, in uh, 2014. Uh, but in case it's not, Happy New Year. We'll have the new episode up soon. Bye-bye.